Why don't you have a beer? A German beer. Another one. <laughs> Another good, one? we don't have any refrigerators. Actually, I spilled my beer tonight, too. Oh, no. So you did have a beer. <laughs> I had a half Was a beer. Was it? Half a beer. Half a Wesson? <laughs> half on the inside, half, half, half on the outside. <laughs> it's a half a Wesson. I like that. Uh, that was the best joke I've heard in a while. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of When Records Ruled, the podcast where we share our love of rock, music, and pop culture from the 70s and 80s, and take a few B-side tracks down memory lane along the way. So get out those liner notes and put out your candy cigarette, because it's time to hit the play button. I'm your host, David Norris, and joining me on this flashback musical road trip are my good friends Brian Strom and Lance Schwartz, who needs a light for their next candy heater. Ooh, yeah. nice. I just saw those in a store recently. No way. Where they have all the kind of the retro candy stuff in there, and right up yep. in the counter by the cash register, they had the candy cigarettes. The wow. Was it the big yellow barn? No, no it wasn't, I, but I'm, I know they have them, Yeah, too. for sure. It was they have some massive variety of those, actually, the big yeah. yellow barn. Yeah. By Jordan. Yeah. We used to, we used to roll, you know, just pieces of paper and, and then draw, like, the little ember glowing end of it and <laughs> like we were smoking those well that you know there were actually two different kinds because there was one that was just like the solid with hard, like the yep. little red that was hard candy yep. but the cool ones yep. were the paper wrapped bubble gum that had like a little flower in it yep. i never had one and of those. you could like you blow on it blow like out. once yeah <laughs> poof, and a little and it looked like come out the end you know because we were trying to get kids to smoke back then yeah. apparently yeah all marketed by big tobacco i'm sure right yeah. that's right they're all Marlboro candy cigarettes for kids. <laughs> yeah. They're bubblegum flavored. That's right. <laughs> all right. For today's episode, we will be discussing the album Blackout by the German rock group Scorpions. The Scorpions. Scorpions. Did you say German? German. German. Yes. We'll hear what was happening around the time of the album's release, wrap it up with a personal rating of the album, and then we'll end the show with our Remember When segment. So to get us started, Lance is going to give us some details about the album. Sure thing. As Dave mentioned, this is a German rock band. I'm wondering, have we done a European band yet? Yes. No. Don't In excess so. was Australian. 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 Yeah. Might be our first so, venture into Europe. Yeah. Here we go. So Blackout is the eighth studio album by the German rock band Scorpions. It was released in 1982 on... Harvest and Mercury Records. I don't know anything about Harvest, but I remember my versions were on Mercury. Harvest, Mercury, is, that yeah. the, uh, is that the European? European? Brian's breaking out his single. Yes. To double my, check. My German Some import. Max is German import. Harvest. 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 There you go. All yeah. right. Learn yeah. something tonight. Rolling Stone ranked Blackout as number 73 on their list of the 100 greatest metal albums of all time oh. in 2017. Who is the producer? Do you, do you have his name down? Dieter Dirks. Dieter Dirks. Yeah, I looked him up and he hasn't done a, I mean, he's done a lot, but nothing I really recognize. He did uh, produce a lot of Accept albums. Yeah, that was the one I oh, saw. And they're a German to. band as well. Yeah. Yep. yep. And um, Twisted Sister, he did come out and play. I didn't catch that one. Yeah. So there is, but other than that, the other bands I didn't really yeah. recognize. But, but he did a lot of Accept, Scorpions. Tons of Scorpions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that 
towards the end of him producing the Scorpions, I think they were commenting like, you know, we were just getting a little too familiar and, you know, paths needed to diverge mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So, and, and after the end, it was amicable, I think in yeah. the end. So, yep. All right, to give us an even better frame of reference, Brian's going to enlighten us with some information and fun facts on what was happening around the time the album was released. Brian. Which was March 29th, 1982. The top bands of the time, Air Supply, The Cars, like we talked about last week, Rick Springfield, Van Halen, and Kenny Rogers. That's a decent list. It is. Yeah. Listen to all of them. Yep. Top songs, number three of this week. We Got the Beat by The Go-Go's. Yes. Open Arms by Journey. Also good. And I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Yep. Awesome. For me, those are some crazy high school memories right there. Yeah. Or grade school if you're grade younger. School. Yeah. Because you're older. I, you guys know I'm a little older <laughs> than you. <laughs> yeah. But how much, how much Lance? Uh, just a little. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, top movies. Oh, no. I'm sorry. TV shows. Top TV shows. Okay. Uh, Dallas, Three's Company, The Love Boat. Yes. One Day at a Time, and That's Incredible. Oh. And who can name our host from That's Incredible? Oh. John uh, Davis? Davis. Oh, John Sarah Davis. Sarah Purcell. Was she one of them? No. 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 She, oh, Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But who was the female? I think it was. Um, Sarah Purcell was no, pe real people. Fran Tarkenton. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to think John about Davis. this one. And all right. Uh, hello, it, it's Google. It's going to come in the middle of the podcast. Klaus Mine. Yes. <laughs> in the middle of the podcast, I'm going to burst it out. Okay. <laughs> He's going to throw it out there. Yep. You know, Top. I'll say those those TV programs are all in the sweet spot. Yes. Yeah. Classic TV. Yep. Right. And for those fans of uh, classic TV, get yourself. There's an app called Pluto. You can watch every one of those every day if you'd like. Even that's incredible. You think? I wonder, do you think, uh, uh, probably, do you think the, the scorpion showed up on the love boat at all? If you say yes, <laughs> no. that would be freaking <laughs> awesome. No, they're too hard rock. I know they weren't, they weren't easy listening enough to be on the love boat. I, I wouldn't know. Is, I don't think I've watched that show that much. Her name is Kathy, <laughs> Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> That's what I keep popping. Is Kathy right? Lee? Maybe just Kathy Lee. Yeah, no, don't cheat, Lance. Don't. Oh, cheat. I was going to look oh, it up. Nuts. I was starting to do that too. Okay, top movies: Blade Runner, good movie. Conan the Barbarian, okay movie. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, good movie. Annie, never saw that one. And Tron. Tron. Tron was cool. Journey had yes. some original music in Tron. Yep. Yep. Really? Mm hmm. Yep. What the heck? Now I got to go back and. Um, I'm trying to think of the song. That's going to come. Only solutions. Only solutions. Yeah. Yep. It's got appropriate. A cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. This was about the time their video game came out too. Wait, was mm -hmm. it when they were in the arcade that was like kind of playing in the background? Probably. Yeah. I can't go that deep. Okay. Right yeah. now. Top toys. Barbie bubble bath. <laughs> Silly putty. Silly putty rocked. The General Lee car from the Dukes of Hazard. Oh yeah! Which wow, I, I had that one. Had you a, did a really good, good size one. Yeah. Metal? No plastic. plastic. Okay, I didn't know if they made it metal. Yep. And Legos and ET toys and figurines. Sure. To scare the crap out of your kids. Yes. <laughs> did you guys ever take your silly putty 
and yes. go, go to the comics comic section. Yes. Yeah, look at that. That is that was fantastic. That's the only yeah. place you could get color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then your silly putty turned darker gray. Yes. Yep. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> yep. It's not new anymore. Did you ever use it as a bouncy ball too? Yep. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Or the a place. weapon. Uh, please explain. No, you just roll into a ball and you throw it at somebody. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you were like using like little pea shooters or something oh, or like, you know, like a bolo or something. Yeah. Like you'd stretch it out and whip somebody. Did you throw it at the record player in class? And yeah, that's right. It, to that's right. <laughs> it wasn't oh, paper. Wow. Little, little bits of... Little silly, silly putty. Because then they'd bounce off. and Yeah. Man, time machine. Ooh, totally. That's, that's brilliant, Lance. <laughs> All right, guys, let's say we turn the lights down real low. Mm. Whatever, just turn them all the way off because it's time we dive into the Scorpions album, Blackout. Can we briefly talk about the cover on this album? Because it's a very striking self-portrait by, you guys I, know the artist? No, no clue. I did, I did look it up. You did? Gottfried Helnwein. Helnwein, yes. Does that, is it? Is, is he known for anything else? Um, he was somewhat famous artist, but he's very like avant-garde. Yeah. Some very almost disturbing images mm. he created. Well, like this yeah. cover. Like this cover. This, uh, this wasn't, this is pretty tame actually yeah. compared to some of the other things he was doing. Um, but there, I looked it up to try to find that one particular image and like his collection or whatever. But um, I found one that was close but then I found like his contact sheet of all the images he made during that little session. There's 108. Mm. So I'll post wow. that on our social so you can see them all. And if you can find the exact one, mm. they modified it a little bit and like rotated it and then added the glass in there and the lettering. Oh, obviously. okay. So the glass wasn't part of it, but his, and it's a black and white. So they colorized it as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 So that's like, yeah. Did you mention it was that photo? Yeah. It's a self-portrait. Yes. Or painting. Yeah, it's a self-portrait. Yeah. It's a which, photography. He was into photography. Which is crazy because does this not look like Rudolf Schenker? Yeah, sure. Yes. Like, big time. Yeah. I always yeah. thought it was him because, mainly probably because of the video. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And you're looking at it and it's like, he's a spitting image of him. So the video for no one like you, yeah, he portrays Helmwine yeah. in there and he smashes a guitar. Right. Yeah. So I saw that. I was like, oh yeah, that's him on the cover. Yeah. No, so the music video for no one like you, you have you guys watched that recently? No. I did. What do you think of it? Um, well, see, I grew up in that area. So to me, it was oh, like. Oh, it'd be very cool. I yeah, like, yeah. like right near the fourth grade, we had a field trip. We took a field trip out to Alcatraz. And, uh, oh, it's on Alcatraz. That. Cool. Yeah, it's on Alcatraz. Yep. So. I've been to Alcatraz. Have you been there, Dave? Uh, no. Oh. Nope. Yeah. So that was always cool to me. It's like, oh, I've been there. I've been in those. So. Um, but otherwise, what no, no, you would just say just talking about the video from uh, also a, from a, an, another little tidbit. Uh, the little person who drags him away, yeah, when uh, he smashes the guitar and everything, yeah, I have his when autograph. She, really? <laughs> and how did my, you get that? My uncle was at some bar, and somehow he was there, and somehow he got an autograph from him and gave it to me. And he said, "You know, <laughs> and who he signed this it. Is? Who I don't even know who the guy's name is." But he either. signed it MTV star. That's awesome. <laughs> I looked up the credits because there's a priest in there who's walking with uh, Klaus Mein. Down. Oh, yeah. Well, the video is basically like a, a dream. We yes. find out in the end of him being on death row or in Alcatraz and getting an electric chair. And 
lady coming to visit him because there's no one like you. Right. right. You know? Yeah. And uh, he wakes up at the end, but there's a priest walking with him and he looks so familiar. So I looked it up on IMDb. Hardly anyone else is credited, but the band for being in the video. So I don't even know who it is, yeah. but he looks really familiar. Like I've seen him in some of the movies. Somebody yeah. else knows, please comment. I don't know. Put me out of my misery so I can sleep better at night. I, th I thought it was funny how he kept sneezing. <laughs> Yeah, like yes. they're walking down and yeah. he turns head and sneeze and <laughs> um, the blonde girl and the blonde woman in the movie or in the video. Yeah, do you recognize her from any I, other videos? She looked familiar, but I couldn't put a finger on it. The Huey Lewis in the news video for if this if this is it. Wow, she's the blonde friend of the main character. That's that her. Huey Lewis wow. breaks up with. Yeah, and we're going to be doing that uh, a review of that album coming up here shortly, aren't we? Yeah. Is that on sports? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, the, the, the video struck me as um, very mediocre. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the band literally has about five seconds yeah. in there. Yeah. Just in their jail, jail, jail cells yeah. as he's walking by. But I mean, the, that's it. The opening shot is like a really wide shot of this limo pulling up on a pier. Yeah. And, 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 ending on this uh, little uh, end of the pier by a boat. Okay, that's 30 seconds. Okay, guys, same, we got we It's got literally 35 minutes. seconds because <laughs> it took so long. It's yeah. just so slow moving. It's just a very mediocre video. Well, this anyway. is 1982. Yeah. Videos are new. Yes. Trying to figure out, you know. And there's so many kind of like that that, well, I mean, some of the other videos too. I mean, they're just very, they're very weird in mm -hmm. their... Um, their construction and what they're using for props and stuff. Oh yeah. 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 So you're like, Ooh, this is, they're kind of cringy now to look back on. It, it's funny how some of those videos too, they were very literal. I mean, they yes. took like whatever they said in the song, we're going to do a shot that shows them doing this in the song. Yes. yes. <laughs> is it the same pier that journey recorded uh, separate ways? Uh, it's not, but yeah. In the same area. Yeah. Same yeah. area. A few questions for you before we talk tracks. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion of the Scorpions in the world of hard rock? Because Brian, I'm guessing this is pretty high on your list of like bands you like because of some pretty sweet guitars going on and they're clean. Yes. They're super clean when they play. Mm -hmm. It's going to be right up your alley. It is. Um, love the guitar work. Um, you get lots of the chug-a-chug, -chug, which is kind of fun. Um, the chug-a-chug. -chug. Yeah. That'll go on a shirt. <laughs> I think I've, I think I've chug a chug before. <laughs> you were chugging chugging just, before you came in recording. I think it's something else though. Now I don't know if if I could. I can't tell who's playing what guitar or like who's taking a solo and who's not taking a solo. I have no idea. Yeah, but yeah. both uh, incredibly talented guitarists. I think they use the twin leads just as well as any band that I've mm -hmm. ever heard. And I love when they do the. Uh, dual solo mm -hmm. which pops up quite often yeah. in some of their work and uh, yeah i i appreciate what you say about being clean it's um yeah that's the best way to describe it i think it, it's almost kind of the the start of heavy metal in a way i mean i think they're they're kind of on that front end of that of that sound well you know they they started in the 60s right yeah and if you listen well if you listen to their early albums yeah yeah wow yeah. <laughs> for our listeners Extremely you should go back different. go back and listen to the early early stuff and you will not recognize this right. band at all very it very different. sounded very 
almost, you know, like kind of the end of the sixties. Oh, wow. Very. Oh yeah. It's quite different. Uh, so mo- you can hear them kind of some crow. I think that was their first one. That their, was, uh, their sound honing oh, over man. the years. Yes. In around, well, the out love drive, I think it was kind of the first one. They had a couple mm-hmm. songs that sounded like this where you could right. tell like, Oh, we're, we're narrowing in on something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that album. It's a good album. Yep. Saw them on that tour. I think we talked about that once. Yeah. But this was kind of their breakout album. This is the one where they really started to take off with No One Like You was kind of the big To one. mass audiences, I would agree. Right. I, I think the zoo got a pretty fair amount of uh, airplay, but right. it was not a top 40 single or and anything this, like that. Um, you said this one went platinum. It probably went platinum couple years after, after love at first sting came out and Could then be. probably people started going back and buying yeah. more yeah. of this which did that i don't think the previous any of the previous albums went platinum you're kind of leaving my question yeah no definitely about, not <clears throat> is this the first album you'd recommend someone listening to the scorpions for the first time I may be worried that weirdly, but if it's like, no, I, I you think had to I recommend would. an album with the Scorpions. Is this the one you'd recommend for and somebody hearing from for the first time? I, I would because it's right in the middle. I think they, they were building up before this and then they kind of took off a little more after this. Um, so I think it's a good middle ground with their sound. It's it's a little more refined, but you can't get too more refined than, than uh, the way they sound on animal magnetism in this album. But it's, I think for me, the peak of their recording, I'm not a big fan of their ballads, although they have one on here that was, I think, a prequel to their big ballads after this, Wind of Change and yep. what was the other? Um, anyway. Still Loving You. Still Loving You, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I would agree. Not a it's, fan of Still Loving You. I don't, I'm not big on ballads, mm. not these types of ballads. All right. So I, I think it definitely would be the first, that I would recommend. And then I'd go to animal magnetism. I really like that album. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, the couple albums before this are good and this is good. And then a couple after this, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of, this is right in the middle of that. I think. Yep. Yeah. The sweet spot. Yep. For sure. How's Klaus mind for a lead man and a lead lead singer? Is he a little underrated? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, He's got a very crazy. pure voice. Yeah. I think it's an excellent voice and it's aged really well. If you've heard him yeah. yes. recently. Yeah. Well, have you heard their latest album? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. He yeah. sounds amazing mm-hmm. for yeah. his, for his age. I hate to be, I don't know if that's ageist or not, but I mean, he's taking really good care of his voice. Yeah, totally. Him, I was thinking like Rob Halford when we saw Judas mm-hmm. Priest recently and he, he's taken really good care of his yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. He's what, 80, something like that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. not quite, but yeah. But yeah, Rob hit, Halford hitting those highs. He'd be pretty just, close in age. Really, really unique, unique voice. Klaus is 75. And yeah, you know, right? I, I think there's some really good, um, what's the right word? Harmony singers? Mm-hmm. Yes. They're not backup singers. They, they harmonize really well yeah. together. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the first things I noticed about the Scorpions when I got Animal Magnetism, because some of that is on there as well. And it reminded me, it's not quite the same as, you know, a Boston, but or REO, the way they harmonize. But it's pretty close for hard rock. Um, I thought they really were great singers, and yeah, still are. So I read this just kind of a little review from, I don't even know the guy's name, um, Rock Music Raider. He described this as uh, 
Well, here's the question. Is this metal or is this hard rock? Yeah, that's an age-old question for a lot of yeah. bands, isn't yes. it? Yep. Yeah. I don't think we can really answer that, can we? I mean, they put them in the hard rock category, I think. Yeah. I, I would put them more in the hard rock category. But anyway, here's what this guy said about, uh, about the album. He said, uh, their method of operation to move fast, play crisp, and spicy, no-nonsense riffs and inject sturdy solos whenever appropriate works really well. Together with intense, high-pitched vocals, they created a tune that remains irresistible to this day. That's a dead-on review, though. I That's know. like yeah. them to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Like Agree. Those from, high-pitched vocals. Yes. Good writer. Guy's a great writer. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of harmonies. Yeah. yeah. Klaus Mine was not able to harmonize for a while preparing for this album. He had to actually undergo uh, surgery on his vocal cords and wasn't even sure if he'd be able to record the album. So the band turned to a backup singer. Get this, Don Dockin mm-hmm. recorded some of the, the nice. demos for this album. And uh, n- of course, none of those recordings have ever seen the light of day. And Dockin, although was involved, is re- is credited with uh, some of the backing vocals on right. the album. I still want to hear those. That would be that would be really fun to hear. Yeah, I should look and see if those exist somewhere. Somebody leaked those, maybe. I hope. Oh, It'd be fantastic! And right? another tie-in with Dawkin, um, the drummer. What's the drummer's name? Anyway, he had uh, he released an album in mm, Herman Rarebell in about '83 called Herman the German and Friends, and on this. He has his friends, and one of his friends is Don Dawkin, who sings lead vocal on a couple songs. Probably because of this? I'm, mm. I'm, I would guess Probably so. Probably gotta be. Yeah. Herman the German. Z. Herman, Herman Z. Z. German. Z German. Check it out. He little local, has, local tie-in, but we don't have to go there. He has a, he has a cool uh, version of Wipeout on there, too. You were talking earlier about whether it, they are hard rock or metal. There is a festival they played in uh, May of 83. And on the day they were playing, it was credited as like the heavy metal day mm-hmm. for the US Festival. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That lineup, by the way, which sounds completely fantastic. Yeah. Starts with Quiet Riot, Molly Crew, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas Priest, Triumph, Scorpions, and Van Halen is the headliner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. To be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That was uh, 500,000 people at that. It's just crazy. Van Halen set the it's about the Guinness Book of World Record for that was the, the most concert. paid for one show. That was like over a million dollars. A million dollars, yeah. yeah. I remember reading that in the Guinness Book of World Records yeah. book. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, these guys are awesome. Yeah. There's about 475,000 more people than I'd want to be at a show. Oh, like my that. word. <laughs> yeah. It's hot. You're out in the open air. Oh. Yeah, I read. But there's up on, lots of footage out there of that. They said it was like one of the hottest weeks of the summer. I actually have a, a documentary somewhere of that. Oh, really? Heavy metal, whole, heavy metal day. It's really cool. That would be cool to yeah. watch. List uh, watching party sometime. I'd I'd really like to get a clear definition of what is heavy metal and what is hard rock. On that list you just gave, I, I'm. Triumph? Would you consider them? No, that's metal? hard. That's nope. hard rock. Yeah, that's hard rock. Yeah, but Priest. Yeah, I think that's metal. Yeah. yeah, you know Van Halen. No, no, that's hard rock. That's almost pop rock. Quiet Riot. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they're probably in the, you know, heavy metal at that time was, I mean, it was kind of the thing. So, yeah. And, and what the other days that they had these festivals, I mean, they were named. They had know, a, they had a rock day, not rock hard day, rock, right. rock day. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't look up. Whereas like, I think that was like the clash, um, maybe the stray cats. Um, so that, that kind of music. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think scorpions are hard rock, but. But they, they ev- every one, yeah, every once in a while, and maybe when we get into some of these songs, you say, yeah, that could be metal. Has anybody ever seen the Scorpions live? Yes. Yeah. Me. When did you see them? 1979. Okay. What album was out? Love Drive. Was Love Drive. Yeah. Tour, huh? There was cool. first, in fact, <laughs> were they the first band I ever saw? I can't remember the order of bands, but. They were the first, the first concert really? I ever went to. Yeah. And they were open an opener at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I was reading on um Rudolf Schenker. He was um lead guitarist. The lead guitarist. Well actually rhythm slash lead. Yeah. That's why I said you don't know who's doing yeah. what between the two of them. But um his uh what is it, tremolo bar? Yeah. So those used to go out of tune all the time. So he met uh, Floyd Rose, oh. who gave him his new invention of the Floyd Tremolo. The Floyd Tremolo. Wow. And he was on tour. They were on the West Coast. He needed to go up to, they were doing a concert up in Canada. So that he wasn't able to bring his guitar with him because he had to leave it behind so he could put this new um tremolo bar in his guitar so he didn't have it for like a week so he's coming back from canada he gets his guitar the first show he does with his guitar with his new tremolo bar that is going to stay in tune is in saint paul minnesota on august 4th or so 1979 it was around 79 or 80 somewhere in there well that's probably the show so I was it was at. probably wow. the show you were at wow. where he had his new guitar with that tremolo and he could keep it in tune i think i could tell too <laughs> I was gonna say, how did it sound? Yeah, <laughs> they were great. <laughs> you got a little spot on the stage. That's all I remember. Yeah, because they were an opener. You know. They yeah. Had, yep. Before they peel back the layers for the uh, headliner. Yes. So I saw them in uh, 1988 on the Monsters of Rock tour with Van Halen, and uh, they were outstanding. It was, they were very fun. You know, they all get together in front and do their back and forth with the guitar thing. And yeah. That was so cool. Did they do the little pyramid? They did the pyramid nice. at the end. Yeah. Klaus uh, went to jump up onto the metal steps going up to the drum riser and he fell. I remember that. Everybody gasped. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, but he just, he carried on. Jumped back up. <clears throat> yep. And then My, jumped off the riser. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So he, uh, I say my brother saw them in 85, which would have been at a day on the green. And he brought me a t-shirt, which you might see in a picture a little bit later. Sweet. It's awesome. I wasn't cool enough for him to go along with him with his high school friends, but cool enough that he surprised me by buying me a t-shirt. How old were you? I was 15. Yeah. Should have been cool enough, but you know, should have been. Older brother yeah, sometimes. Older don't. brother, he's yeah, as old as Lance. So yeah, whoa, <laughs> so super old. Yeah, I'm a little older than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody buy this album when it came out? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. 
No, this is, is I, I have, um, well, I bought um, Animal Magnet Magnetism and Savage Amusement. Okay. I didn't buy this album. But I heard a lot of songs from it, so I, I think, again, I must have had a friend who had it or just heard a lot of songs out the album That's the radio how I got around. It. Yeah, I had a friend who had it, uh, Mike Casperson, and I was like, hey, can I borrow your your uh, Blackout record? He's like, sure. I took it. I had it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask for a back right away? Not right away, but finally he's like, hey, when are we going to get that uh, Scorpions <laughs> album back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I... Gave it back, and then I went out and bought it. Yeah. 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 I I bought this and Animal Magnetism within a couple of weeks of when they came out. Wow. I was really into them. Yeah. All right. Should we talk some tracks? Mm-hmm. All right. I'll uh, go through them, and we can circle back and uh, talk about each one individually if we have some notes for those. All right. Side one, Blackout. Can't live without you. No one like you. You give me all I need. Now. And then side two, we flip it to Dynamite, Arizona, China White, and When the Smoke is Going Down. So, Brian's favorite thing, we start mm-hmm. off with a bang. Mm-hmm. And this does not disappoint with Blackout. Powerful opener. Yeah. Very yep. distinctive riff. Yep. Features that real crisp playing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guitars are incredible. Um, and Klaus Mine sounds as good as he's ever sounded as as a lead vocalist, in my opinion. Yeah. And and yeah. after he had his surgery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did he probably come back stronger than he was before he had the surgery? Was it some sort of kind of bionic surgery? It's kind of like <laughs> the pitchers that? getting the Tommy John surgery. Yeah. yeah come right. back and strong. I mean, yeah. it really I does agree. seem like it. Yeah. Because I, there is, I mean, animal magnetism in this one, vocally or maybe kind of similar but i think he's a lot stronger on this one mm-hmm. more um should i say deliberate mm-hmm. um more a little more forceful in his vocals yeah confident confident there you go yeah yeah which you wouldn't think you'd be confident coming out of surgery on Probably. your vocal cords when that's my job yeah possibly felt like he had something to prove maybe <laughs> Don Dawkins was standing in the wings. Yep, he was threatened by Dawkins. I don't want to lose my job. Let's see who won that one. You know, I think Klaus Mein is still going strong. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Dawkins, probably not so much. He just could not cut a good break, actually. Yep. The guitars on this, the the whole album, really. I mean, there's lots of little solo bits they throw in there, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, I didn't hear until after a Van Halen album came out. So I'm, I'm thinking there's a lot of influence on there. You can hear a lot of influence in just the style of playing. I think when we, yeah, especially when we get to the next song. Um, yeah. I, I actually made a note of that. I'm like very yeah. Eddie vibe in <laughs> yes. this one. Also, I thought, you know, there's a little bit of Judas priest influence. I, mm-hmm. I kind of sensed on this too. And I don't know if it's just because of the dueling guitars or just having two guitars. It just kind of made me Probably think both. of them. I think they had toured together too. Oh, um, a little before this, before this album. So, well, maybe, they played together at the US Festival in '83. Yeah. But yeah, what was the know. word you used before? Ch- chugging, chugging. Yeah, the I, I, I can yeah. hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that driving beat. That yeah, it's cool. So the the blackout title for the album came from. Not Klaus, but uh, Rudolf Schenker uh, partying with some of the boys. I think he was with Def Leppard and 
some of those guys and they were doing a lot of drinking. And then uh, he's explaining this to one of the other bandmates that all of a sudden he just doesn't remember anything that happened. And uh, they're like, well, you had a blackout. He's like, I had a what? You had a blackout. Well, that's a great name for a song. <laughs> you really had a blackout. Yes. And you so really, we're, really had we're a writing the song they right wrote now. The song. <laughs> I did not know that, but I can believe it. Yep. I did not know that either. Can't live without you. Yeah. Here's where we're talking the big Eddie vibe. Yeah. This song. I'd have to listen to it, to, but it, it, okay. His little fills that he gets in there. Sure. Very very Eddie-like. Very Eddie-like? Yep. Also, this is the one that really hit me, um, that they have such good in-concert songs for crowd appeal. This is a total, yeah. This is, can't live. Can't yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, just, they're talking you know, about the fans. The yeah. song is about the fans. But I mean, it just participation. Maybe oh, that's yeah. the better word. Okay, yeah. Audience oh, participation saying, yeah. songs. They have so many that are re- really good audience participation sing-along choruses. Yeah. And this is one of them. And yeah. I I think as good as their albums sound in the studio, they might even be a better live band because their sound is a little more full yeah. and in your face, which is true of a lot of bands. Right. But if, if you listen to them live, yeah. man, they sound great. But this one, I mean, with the lines of, you know, throw your hands in the air so we can see you are there and playing your imaginary guitar. I mean, they're, I mean it's, yeah. it's to the fans. They're appealing. Yep. I watched a live performance from that Us Festival in 83 of three different songs. And you're right, Lance. Even for the audio quality back then, they still sounded amazing mm-hmm. and tight. Yeah. Yep. Tight. Tight. And well, by this time, they've vocals. been playing together for 10 years. Yeah. In, in watching them, you know, move around so much, they kind of reminded me of like when you were talking about Van Halen, just, mm-hmm. just constant movement, just yeah. constant showmanship. And all of them looked like it was just so effortless. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's so entertaining. Right. So I can see them being really good in concert. I didn't actually get to see them, but yeah. Man, they look good in their spandex. Yeah. <laughs> they were a spandex band. Well, who didn't? What? <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lance. No one like you. Let's move on. Their big song. I mean, this is the one that yeah. really broke them, I think, in the U.S. This is the only single from the album only in the single U.S.? single released, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I mean, we'll talk a little bit later, uh, a song down the line here that I think should have been released as a single. Oh, okay. This this song, you know, with the twin leads at the beginning, the opening of that song is memorable to me. Uh, one of those that brings back memories. It's a top five Scorpion song for sure, if not maybe top three. It has aged really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a classic. I love I, it. I love how it, it's just, you hear that drum right in the beginning, that doom, and then it just goes right into those yep. you know, kind of wailing guitars. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You said classic. That's my first note on here. This is classic Scorpions. Yeah. I yep. mean, it doesn't get any better right. than this, does yep. it? Yeah. No, it doesn't. I, I agree. I mean, if I had to pick out a song besides maybe one or two that we will talk about later, I would want to hear this song. If they left it out of the set list, it'd be the biggest yeah. disappointment in the world. Right. And they probably know that. I'm sure they do. <laughs> yes. They're all about the fans. And yeah. this is like, you know, one of the songs on here that's kind of the boilerplate. This is the template for carrying things forward 
in the next albums mm-hmm. for that sound, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, this is like the pinnacle sound here. And the iconic... Uh, iconic, that's a better word for it, the, actually. The, the solo in that, too, is pretty iconic. I mean, it's very recognizable. The chorus, you know, another crowd participation moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, as you go through these... Fists you know, in the air. They're bigger yep. songs. You're like, they always have a good, like, crowd participation uh, chorus yep. to them. I most, think most all of them. my son Matthew was listening to this song and he says, uh, boy, that chorus is kind of repetitive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be. Yep. <laughs> yes. Well, so you can learn it fast and then you can participate in the, mm-hmm. the sing along. There you go. It's easy. If you never heard the album and you just went to a concert. Yep. I mean, you're going to be singing along. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just that easy. All right. Moving on to you give me all I need. I, you know, it's a decent metal ballad, but for me, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's a throwaway, but I don't think it's anything special. It's uh, the most bluesy song on the album, I think. Yeah. You mentioned ballads too. You know, I, I don't, I only have two of their albums, but they're a, a big ballad band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they usually have a couple. Yeah. But those are some of their more, or most popular songs. Especially later and you know, yeah, after the show. Wind of Change. Yep. Well, Holiday, Still Loving You, Send Me an Angel, Believe in Love. They end most of their albums. I was just going to say, it's typically the, the last song. Yeah. Holiday. Yeah. After I noticed that on a couple albums, I'm like, oh, I wonder how many albums yeah. they end with a ballad. Most all of them yeah. end with a ballad. Yep. And I thought, why, why would they do that? But also, I thought that it was kind of like a decompression from all the other like mm-hmm. super quick, fast yeah. songs that they have on there. I think another thing too is there was always a, I mean, these were big songs for them, these ballads. It's at the end of the record. It, it makes somebody listen all the way through. How about now? Moving on to now. Moving on to now. Now is, in my opinion, wow. It is <laughs> wow. in your face. Fast, Fast and furious. It really Fast is. driving. Punky, almost a little punkish. Yeah, yeah you're right, actually. I agree. I, I like it. It's, yeah. it's a cool song. It's over before you know it. Obviously, it comes in at about two and a half minutes. Yep. Another yeah. one for the fans. All right, guys. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Repeat after <laughs> me now. No, 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 no. They can't keep up. It's just try your best. I think it, it moves right into, we didn't, we talked about maybe, is there any, uh, groupings on this album yeah. earlier and it it uh, moves right into the second side even though you have to flip the record yeah, yeah to get right. the second side but both of those are very um as the kids say bangers yes with all the, the kids are saying that with dynamite following that yeah yeah they're very similar songs very fast opening the second side right yep 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 makes sense with a bang yep i think they used to uh close their shows with this song with dynamite yeah Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. They're still touring, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. As they were going to hang it up probably yep. eight, ten years ago, but came out with a killer new album and are still playing. I'd love to go. Dynamite, uh, I, I think for me, the, the drums stood out on this song more than some of the other ones. Some of the little drum fills and, and that sort of thing. Herman Rarebell? The German. Herman the German, yes. Uh, I think you're spot on, Brian. Those drum fills. Actually, you know, you're talking about Eddie guitar licks. Mm-hmm. There's a little uh, 
Alex Van Halen in those drum fills too. Maybe. I think maybe the That's way they're structured. Yeah, I'm sure. Who couldn't be influenced by Van Halen by this time? Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of which, I mean, this is one of those bands that you know really did their time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, to get where they were and evolved over time. Because we talked about this in a previous episode, where some of these modern bands, you know, they may be playing a while, but it's not like. 10, 12, 15 years before they really hone their sound and get big and can handle it too. Right. Right. And they have some longevity. And most of those bands that have kind of done that time and gotten large and gotten big in their sales have more staying power. Yeah. I think. Right. They're still out there doing it. Yeah. Like, like, like the Scorpions. Yeah. They weren't, we talked about this earlier too, where, in the eighties, you got to this point where bands were going platinum all the time. I mean, that was just kind of expected and a million records is a huge number, but because everyone was kind of getting those, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, but that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And the Scorpions, you know, it wasn't until their 10th album or whatever Mm -hmm. that they finally sold a million records. The ones prior to that, you know, if they were going gold, that was big too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem big. And so to me, it's like bands seemed like they should have been more popular than they were, but their sales weren't really showing it. But I don't know. It was just kind of one of those weird things. Were they as big in Germany as they are in the United States? No idea. And are they the biggest German, German? band? They're the, like, I've, I think I read up that like they're the biggest European hard rock band. Yeah, I believe like that. Kind of in in that category. Well, they, you know, they wow. knew if they were going to be big, they had to make it in America. Yeah. So they learned English so that they could become mm-hmm. an English band. Because otherwise, they uh, they went and you can, you can really hear his accent in the songs when you when you really oh, listen totally. to him, you yeah. hear that German accent. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of fun. You know, and it, speaking of that. I always thought they had just a slight different flavor to them in their rock kind of because of that. Mm-hmm. And it, it it made you think like you're listening to something just a little special, mm-hmm. a little more special than mm-hmm. some of the American rock bands who are their peers. Right. And I always thought they just kind of had that a little more unique sound to them. And that's what attracted me. I think initially like, well, these guys just sound a little different than yeah. everybody else, even though it's, you know, hard rock and everybody had similar guitar sounds, but they just had a little something extra special sauce there. I'm, I mentioned it before, but I really digged their harmonies on animal magnetism. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that was probably what attracted me besides the real clean playing. But you mentioned they were probably one of the biggest European. So you're probably not including Britain or England in that I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're I part, mean... They're part of Europe. So would you say Queen, um, Def Leppard? Hard, hard rock. I think they they labeled them... I, I read somewhere that they were basically like the, you know, maybe it was heavy metal. Well, I think they were a little more complex than maybe some other bands. I mean, they were... Their guitar work, to me, really stood out. For sure. And I don't know if it's... And, and, it, was, and it wasn't really flashy. I don't even know that it was flashy but it was more complex than a lot of other bands that you were hearing and super proficient proficient yeah 
And it wasn't over the top. Right. It was what served the song yeah. without being too flashy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. There's no layering here either, is there? I don't think so. It, it, like it doesn't a, need like to be third with or two fourth guitars. Gu- like right. a third or fourth guitar. And yeah. I don't no. think so. No. All right. We're moving on to Arizona. How do you guys feel about this song? Um, to me, this is the one that should have been a single. You think so? I this do. is the one. I think because it's it's their most melodic song. It was very uh, radio friendly, I think. Um, poppy. It could have been, it's kind of poppy. I don't think I ever heard it on the radio. They had a video out for it. Yeah, they did, yep. which was interesting. But and I, you know, I wrote down in my notes perhaps the most pop song of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I really dig the beginning though with the left and right and, channel. And, I yeah, think it's, yeah, that was yeah. cool. Um, this was written by the drummer, by the way. Yeah, he, he wrote a lot of this. Herman, yeah. Lot of this yeah. But I, th- I don't know if it. I think it was him who had the relationship to a, a lady from Arizona, mm. and they. Klaus mine was talking about this, I think. And he said, Oh, they, they swing by there and they really liked it. And of course they play it every time they're in Arizona. Yeah. I thought, are they pandering to Arizona? (laughs) (laughs) Just having a song with like a state name in there. Pandering to the fans. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Right. I remember a friend of mine saying, what's your favorite song in the album? And at the time mine was blackout. And he's like, mine's Arizona. And I'm like, Arizona. I'm not sure what song that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had to go back and listen. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, so, it's catchy, um, it, yeah. hooky. It, it does stand out in my mind because it's like the happiest sounding right. song on there. Yep. It's not moody like the other songs. And that's yep. why I think it should have been a single. Yeah. I think it would have I think it would have done well as a single. Might have attracted a an audience that hadn't even uh, yeah. they hadn't even touched right. prior to that. But no one like you also was a good single because that I think reached uh, a a broader audience yes. than many of these other songs would not have. You got the headbangers and the, I, right. think, I even remember in high it's school. It's heavy enough the, for the headbangers and uh, light enough for the ladies. Exactly. I was just going to say that the girls liked that song mm-hmm. too. It was, it was very popular. <laughs> what? Well, light enough for the ladies. <laughs> light enough. Yeah. All right. Speaking uh, opposite of light. Yeah. Let's get into China White. Okay. This is probably one of my favorite songs in the album. And I don't recall hearing this because I didn't have the album. But man, after I played this, even the first time, I'm like, this song rocks. It's got such a good buildup. Maybe a little on the long side, but I think it's just a good long jam. Yeah, that was my, I like it too. I was kind of on the fence on the length. Did it it go too long? It's almost seven minutes. Yeah. Um, and does this song remind you guys of any other song? Oh, maybe on the previous album. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah. To me, it was like the zoo is very successful guys. Why didn't you guys write a song like the zoo? (laughs) And this is not the zoo again. Right. Kind of. But I think the zoo's choruses are a little more, um, I don't know what the right word is. This is darker than the zoo. It's darker. And I think the zoo is a better song. I do too. Yeah. And, yeah. and which makes sense. It's like, well, okay, we already did that song. We've got to write the song again. Well, it's not going to be as good as the original. But anyway, I just I just saw those two tied together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote that down as well, but it is my absolute favorite on the album. And I, I just love the 
kind of transfixing moody grinding yeah, feel definitely uh, all the way through and um i you know i said that no one like you is classic this this too is classic um, but in a different way classic and, to their sound their earlier sound yeah for sure and and it's um what would be the right term uh well anyway i thought uh, lyrically too this is the best i mean a lot of the other songs are pretty shallow for yeah. sure yeah, lyrically yeah. this one was uh i thought was pretty good anti-war kind of a song good versus evil kind mm -hmm. of. and this is a one that has some uh, really odd timing to the, to the guitar too which yeah. is really i find really attractive oh, yeah. but it also kind of catches you off guard a little bit and you're like "Ooh, where's the where's the beat what's going on yeah 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 do you know who the lead guitarist you know, the, the, yeah no i wonder who who the uh, invented that what i think is a really moody cool riff is that shanker is that yabs yeah. i don't know i guess what i was going to say before is this one puts them on the verge of metal more so to me than um mm. pop rock i just oh the pop rock yeah <laughs> definitely i don't think this song is metally though metal is a little more flashy well the fast metal yeah yeah it's more I, that's black, what i'm thinking more black sabbath, black sabbath influence I would, I would go yeah. with that yeah shanker has lead guitar in this one okay yeah. do we want to talk about his uh estranged brother i don't know if they're estranged but as good a time as any hey yeah i don't yeah i don't think it was michael michael shanker yeah, yeah. i mean super accomplished guitarist was in the band ufo Okay. UFO. I was just kidding. <laughs> oh, UFO. Yeah. 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 And and actually um auditioned for Aerosmith when Joe Perry left in wow. uh, was it late seventies, early eighties, before Night in the Ruts came out. And after Randy Rhodes' death, Ozzy Osbourne recruited Schenker, Michael Schenker, to mm -hmm. replace Rhodes. Nobody's quite sure who didn't like each other in, in Oh that. really? Yeah. Michael Schenker is uh, I would say maybe a little bit um, egotistic. Yeah. Maybe more than a little bit. Uh, but is still playing um, shows quite often, mostly smaller venues, and mm -hmm. still sounds great. Does a lot of those UFO songs. And Do you, um, do you remember the story um, in Van Halen Rising about him? No. Um, Van Halen was going to open up for UFO, I think. Really early, small club. And uh, Eddie didn't really have a lot of confidence. And so David Lee Roth was really getting it. He's like, you're the best. You're the blah, 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 blah. So they're in the bathroom. And uh, Eddie's in there. And Michael's in there. And Eddie says something to him like, I'm going to, you know, however he said it, show you up tonight. I'm going to blow you away and all this. And it freaked Michael out. And he <laughs> went out. When he came out and after seeing Van Halen play, he got on stage and he like lost it. He couldn't oh, wow. play. It just freaked him out. Wow. Really got in his head. Totally got in his head. <laughs> what movie was that in? No, this wasn't a movie. Or this a was a book. A it book. Was a book. Okay. Van Halen Rising. Huh. You would yeah. like that book, Lance. You yeah, that's a, read that's that. a really good, cool read. Cool read. So, yeah. I didn't, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So the David Lee Roth pep talk worked. Oh, yeah. Eddie was just like, he was so fired up that he <laughs> but, freaked out the other guitarist. Wow. And then, like I said, after him seeing Eddie play, he's yeah. just like, uh. Where, yeah. 
So wow. the, the band is like, what did you do to him? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's no some apologies. other stories. I don't know who, but there's some other stories about, you know, after Eddie Van Halen debuted, some of the other guitarists said, I'm done. I know. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're a Rudolph Schenker, you just kind of took some of that and ran with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, do quick note about this song uh, before we move on to when the smoke is going down. So China White, there are, are two different solos for this because plenty of time for it. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Two different versions, I should say. Oh yeah. Oh, versions, on the yeah. U S and European release because yeah. Schenker couldn't, he was torn on which the guitar solos to use on, on mm-hmm. the final track. And so the U S version has a slightly different version than European version. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the difference, up. but yeah, I want to hear that now. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Last track. When the smoke is going down. I put a bold move ending with the ballad. We kind of talked about the ballad thing. You know, I think it set the stage for the future for this band. Um, like as we've been talking about, "Wind of Change," "Still Loving You," it yeah. is right in that uh, sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And you know, a decent ballad, but I'm not a ballad guy, so I don't have a lot to yeah say about it. I think it was reminiscent of. I mean, they were doing this. I mean, they had holiday before which is kind of um what was another earlier one so i mean this was they were known for doing these types of songs and having a couple of these maybe on an album so but yeah nothing really stood out to me on this one it's a fine song but i don't have don't have a lot to say about it agree yeah all right it's time to give our personal rating of this album then from zero to ten Brian obviously hasn't thought about that until just now. You know, you know, I, I it seems like <laughs> I never think of this before we come to these, which is kind of good because after the discussion and stuff, yeah, um, maybe your rating will change. It does change. Yeah, it does change. Yeah. Um, man, I love this album. I've, you know, bought it when I was twelve years old, and I I listen to it still. I'm gonna go eight. <laughs> Ooh, real okay. Yeah, I'm going eight. Lance, how are you doing? I, I like the album a lot. I don't think it's a classic in the genre, but it's really good metal, pop metal. What are we calling it? Heavy I metal. Heavy metal. Heavy not, rock. Not, it's not pop metal. No. But it's it fits whatever they want to, genre they want to be in, and, and it's great. I hadn't listened to it in quite a while, to uh, be honest. I was expecting it to be a little more than what I found. Mm. Um, and being only nine songs, I'm hesitant to go super high on my rating. I, I'm in between a six and seven, probably. Leaning so be, closer to mm-hmm. the seven. So that'd be a six and a half? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we go back and forth if we want to give decimal points. Yep. It's a really, really good album, but... You know, if I were going to go back, I would probably rate Animal Magnetism a little higher than this. But that's just because I had it first. And, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of great metal albums in the 80s, guys. Yeah. And I, I'm hesitant to go too high. But see, I don't, when I rate these, I rate it on the album itself. I, yeah. don't, I don't rate it comparing it to other albums. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't. I mean, there's thousands of records out there. So you got to do it based on the album. Would yeah. you drop the Brian, needle on that again? Brian is trying to talk <laughs> you into higher rating. I, think. I am. Yeah. Improve our average. Because if, I mean, yeah. He doesn't yeah. agree with your 6.5. Oh. 
You, you know what you can do with your 6.5? Move it to seven. <laughs> Are you officially moving do it I to hear seven, a seven now? Do I hear a seven? Sure. Why not? Thank you. These don't mean anything anyway. <laughs> nope. No one's keeping track. Except for, with an Except F for us. when we leave and we all get in fist fights out yeah. there. And you the gave it an eight. You were no way. Seriously, man. <laughs> really? Six and a half. Really? You're going down. It's go time. Um, I am an eight as well. And I agree with you about animal magnetism because I owned that one first as well. And I have a greater affinity just because I listened to that. Mm -hmm. I know all the songs on that one. Yeah, same. This one grew on me as I was listening to it, preparing for this though. And so many of the songs that I was totally unfamiliar with, I'm like, these are really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I could find myself listening to this as much as animal magnet magnetism. Then too. Yep. Yeah. Especially China white. I, I adore that song. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, love that song. Agree 100%. And that song probably shot me to that seven as I yeah. think about it. But with, again, with only nine tracks and two of them being ballads and I'm not a big ballad guy, it's really hard to yeah. go much higher for me. We're going to do an album coming up. Um, actually, an episode of just all ballads, I think, just for Lance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, that'd be good. Power yeah. ballads. Power ballads. Power yes. ballads. Yes. All our favorite bands. KTEL International. <laughs> <laughs> they released an album like that? That would be awesome. Yeah. No, they would not be. All right, guys, it's time for Remember When. This is a segment where I ask Brian and Lance their thoughts about something we grew up with but may no longer be around today. Today's item, you ready? Mm -hmm. I don't have a drum roll or anything. I'm, I'm really ready because okay. I love this section, Dave. This is good stuff. Jean jackets. Oh, oh yeah. Did you have one and did you wear it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, right <laughs> I figured. On. I've had more than one. Oh, yes. do tell. Yeah. Well, I originally, they're both Levi's, of yeah, course. Yeah, no, have course. to be Levi's. And is there any other brand? Come on. I'm, I'm guessing. Wrangler. I'm guessing there oh, probably was. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, but the first one I had, actually, I've had three, if you want to call a corduroy jean jacket a jean jacket, because I had a corduroy one, too. I'm going to say no. Nice. Brian and I got to vote on that. I'd no. say no. Yeah. Um, but you can you count know, it if you want. Same style. But yeah, I had one uh, originally that it was just the traditional Levi's, but then I had one of those with the kind of um, the woolly fur, woolly fur on the oh, inside. One too. of those yeah, too, a winter variety. Yeah, you had one at college. I did. Did you have it at college? Um, I don't know if I had that one. If I brought I remember that one the furry one. Oh, okay, Sorry, well then maybe ahead. I did. Yeah, go ahead. Lance. Yeah, it's a total classic look. It I was. Mean, it's and you know there were at times maybe when the collar was flipped up and yeah. Um, at times in your earlier days, yeah, high I, school. When um, I want to say that was maybe maybe uh, mid night or no, I want to say that was mid eighties. Yeah, coll yeah. college days for yeah. me, and uh, you know you'd wear that with jeans and, that were rolled up and penny loafers and yep, looked uh -huh. just like John Cougar Mellencamp <laughs> did. Didn't quite have the hair, but yeah, jean jackets were great. Um, and maybe they're still around. I had, uh, you know, I had that, I had yeah. that same same one with the woolly fur stuff in it. And when I got to the point where I wasn't wearing it anymore, I gave it to my sister, and I said, "Hey, maybe one of your boys, uh, Michael or Dustin, when they get older, would like this." And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> she was not on board. Huh? <laughs> I guess so. I thought well, this is a cool jacket. Yeah, would they like to wear this. So, and then I had uh, just the, the jean jacket, but it was a light blue 
one. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the acid washed kind yeah, of version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I remember wearing that one a lot. And then I lost it. I left it somewhere and disappeared. I, I remember have... I remember writing on the inside of it with uh, those like fluorescent paints. On the, oh, the inside. On, uh, in the inside of the yeah, jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So you could like whip it out and had little stuff written in there. Wow. Show off a message Custom. to someone. Custom. <laughs> So I, I think I've seen some that were embroidered on oh, the yeah. back too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Maybe band names. Mm-hmm. Maybe your uh, gang that you belong yeah, yeah. to in high school. I remember a guy had one and uh, he had written on the back of it, Death by Popcorn. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Wow. <laughs> trying to imagine that. Come on. <laughs> now I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Yeah. Well, ah. Watch out. Oh man, I hope he didn't pay too much to ask someone to do that or if he did it himself. <laughs> so I had, I, the earliest recollection I can have is probably having one in about seventh grade. Yeah, I don't remember what year, 83, somewhere yeah. around there, 84. Yeah. yeah, they were pretty popular. There was uh, you know, obviously a number of them in high school, your friends and you know, acquaintances had them, had them. There was two different ones that I can recall um, by two different people who really stood out for the jean jacket wearing stuff. Of course, you know, he had that friend who had like a bazillion buttons and pins and all the stuff on them. Patches. Right? Patches. Yes. Yeah, Dave, were, right on. But pins. there were two people who had one even better than that because one of them had drawn um, Jimi Hendrix, like a portrait of Jimi Hendrix in just pen mm. on the back panel. You know, you yeah. kind of mm-hmm. a cool, big, huge yeah. swath of uh, material on the back. Mm-hmm. But there was an, a guy in our high school who would get a new jean jacket and he would have airbrushed whatever the current Iron Maiden album cover oh, was sure. on the back. Yeah. So he had, I, uh, during my time there, it was probably two or maybe three different ones, but yeah, it looks so cool. Yeah. It was so cool just to have that level of artistic yeah. uh, art, art, just art on the back. They're really cool. I think that's a American icon, the jean jacket. Yeah. It's uh Probably they they probably have jean jackets in the Smithsonian somewhere. <laughs> Levi's <laughs> the original. I just the, that, yeah. that just reminded me of of the band patches. I just I oh, kind of forgot yeah. about that. You'd have just all sorts of them sewn all over these jean jackets. I loved patches. Yeah, there was a patch vendor at the state fair, and you could buy them and put them on your jean jackets, yeah. or you could right. make a hat. Yeah, and uh, you she, buy a scorpions one. I think I bought a Def Leppard one once. I'm not sure oh, about Scorpions. Yeah. I'll yeah. go back home and check your jean jacket. Yeah, I see with Brian. I probably can't find it anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't no. have. But I do. I did just see recently some Instagram thing or something. I can't remember, but it was just going through all these band patches. Oh, really? Type here. I mean, it, there's like a hundred of them. Wow. You know? and you'd hit some of the bands like Aerosmith, and they might have, you know, four or five different ones, and. uh the graphics on them were not usually that great, but uh, it was neat to see. Because it's all embroidered, it's hard to get yeah. a lot of detail. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yep. And, yeah, a lot of the band logos were very intricate. I'm going to blow your minds. Um, how about band belt buckles? Do you remember Ooh, the belt what? buckles? I don't remember that. Oh, okay. So this was about 79, 80, and I, I know I had a Boston one. I had a Styx one. 
probably out of Kansas one day. Belt too. buckles? Yeah. So I did not know these of those even existed. Well, yeah. I, I don't think Dave and I were even walking at this time. No. <laughs> probably not. Because I'm a little older yes. than you guys. Um no, they used to make belts where you they snap off and you could switch out. Yeah, belt I, remember, I do remember those, yep. but the bands I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. And they were very colorful and kind of um maybe iridescent and the, oh. you know the oval they were yeah. super super cool i wish i would have kept them all right guys that'll do it for today in our next episode we're talking about another really great album the 1985 released by dire straits brothers in arms Ooh, that's right that's gonna be an awesome cool one. Looking yeah. forward to it if you missed our previous episode, we talked about our first impressions of music, the stuff our parents listened to and we grew up with. It was a great walk down memory lane, and I know that more than a few people commented on and liked it. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and check it out. If you've enjoyed this episode or maybe even just tolerated it, would you please do us a favor and share the episode link with a friend to help spread the word about when records rolled. Also, let us know what album or topic you'd like to hear us talk about during a future episode. And if you're a fan of the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review. A five-star review would be great. I five. Know, I know they're kind of hard to find where the, the stars <laughs> yeah. are, but if you can find the stars, please click on all of them. Keep at it if you can't find it. Yes. Five stars can all you, the way. Can you click the fifth one first or do you have to go one at no, a time? No, fifth, no. You just go jump right to five. Jump one right tap, five. friends, one no, tap. tap. And one through four don't That's exist. <laughs> Always five. You can also follow us and leave us cons comments on Instagram and Facebook at When Records Ruled, where you can see all sorts of goodies and pictures that Dave's going to throw up there for you to enjoy. Yep. Uh, might be a little bit of something on the Remember When segment, or who knows. But check it out. Check out the Spotify playlist also, where you can find all the albums that we've discussed on this podcast. And remember, we are not professional music critics. We're just three guys who like talking music. That's right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Later. Rock and roll.